0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Aitman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve oh! Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, goes for the end zone. down by more, And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. Keep pounded on three. One, two, three. Keep pounding on All right, Panthers fans, John Ellis and Billy Marshall on the Roar podcast. The Panthers have won a game. It's a season opener win for Carolina, first time since 2018. So there's some good vibes here. Billy and I are here to share some of those with you, but also be a little reality check on where you need to be thinking in terms of your expectations. But we're also going to enjoy the fact that, hey, they're 1 0 and they showed some great things on defense. Lots to talk about. Billy, how you doing, buddy? doing well, Mr. John. How are you? Mr. John is doing good, my friend. Uh, we were talking before the show here, and Billy Billy gives me some shit sometimes. Billy said, you like all the guys. You you like all 53 of them. Like Gruden on Monday Night Football, man, when he would just, everybody was like the next big thing. After the game, you and I talked a little bit, but I, I think you raised a good point about managing expectations. It's exciting to win. Good to see Matt Rule getting a, a home home opening win good to see some fans back in the stands of course but I guess we can just start right off the bat with Sam Darnold I mean this was the big question mark coming in how would this quarterback look in a Joe Brady offense with these weapons but an offensive line as you and I know that has some work to do take me through your grading in terms of how you saw Sam Darnold in his season opener with Carolina
2: my assessment of Darnold was I thought he looked like the same guy Uh, He's looked throughout his career, and that's not a knock on him. Um, He was just put in very unfortunate situations in New York, which didn't allow him to thrive. And I felt like he was – he played all right yesterday. He didn't do anything that would cause any type of uh, big issues in the passing game as far as turnover-worthy plays. Uh, He took care of the ball. He, uh, you know, obviously made that huge – wrote to Robbie Anderson, which mm-hmm. is a connection I'm sure Jets fans uh, will remember, but yes. uh, yeah, I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was necessarily like the focal point of the offense. I thought he took what the defense gave him uh, I mean there were a couple instances in the second half. Uh, where the offense kind of stalled, but I don't blame him necessarily as much as I blame uh, the circumstances around him that led mm-hmm. to th- some of those issues, whether they were penalties or the offensive line or the play calling. It was just a combination. I do not want to put the finger on one particular area, but overall, I think you have to be pretty pleased, but at the same time, you also still have to realize that I don't think he's going to see a secondary that poorly again. He's certainly not going to see it next <laughs> week. So... No it was a solid first performance. Uh, he played as much as I thought he would he played as well as I thought he would play, uh, but yeah there 's still obviously room to grow.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think what you get with Sam, obviously, is the occasional deep shot. Uh, and I thought the throw was fine. You know, honestly, it's it's coming out of a quick change, timeout situation. 12 personnel, they get Robbie on a safety. I love the call. I love the design. I love the timing of it. You got him sort of napping a little bit in that situation. Uh, so, again, hats off to Brady. I believe that was a Brady call. I don't think that was an audible. So, uh Ultimately, I thought he put the ball in the spot. He made a great throw on that uh, sort of toe-drag play that DJ had. Great catch down the boundary. I was impressed by a lot of what I saw from Sam. I think, you know, the the fumble issue, the exchange issue, I'm thinking that's maybe just going to take some time. You don't want to see that. I know that's disappointing, but he didn't throw the – the fatal error. I mean, there were no interceptions that cost them, but to, to your point, Billy, you were talking about a secondary that I really had to grind and study on before this game and come to understand that, uh, you know, look. This is not going to be the norm for this team. Uh, that's why it was important, from my perspective, when I analyzed point output for Carolina. I thought this could be a 30-point game simply because the corners were just not very good, and they were thin at corner and. Uh, You know, it happens. Uh, They, you know, did not make the fatal errors late. It got a little close. So we'll talk about that second half in a minute. I like how they started, though, with McCaffrey. I I think we talked about this last week. I know you did with uh, Will Parkinson about what you can do to get Sam Darnold comfortable. I thought Will brought home some good points about, you know, short passing, get McCaffrey the ball early, mesh concepts. Just let's get him comfortable early and some confidence and don't try to do too much right off the bat. And I thought that's kind of what the game plan was. McCaffrey was a big part of the passing game early and looked very crisp. Uh, But, again, some of these drives did stall, and that was frustrating. Uh, You know, Terrace Marshall did not look as good as I thought he would, Uh, but he's got some growth to do, obviously. That'll happen. Overall, you know, look, I'm, I'm with you on Sam. There's some room to grow, but I think fans need to to curb their expectations to, to quote you in a DM earlier this week about, you know, get excited about a win, but just understand next week, man, the way they played defense against uh, Green Bay. That was a bit of a stunner to me. I couldn't believe what I saw in that box score. I haven't even looked at the tape yet, but that's a dangerous New Orleans team coming in next week, my friend.
2: Yeah, certainly. So, let me just uh, address the elephant in the room. There were quite a few people who DM me and messaged me yesterday asking where was I why wasn't I tweeting? Uh, you know, for me I, I don't you know, I used to do that stuff and I just, I take more enjoyment of being off Twitter during games just because I can obviously study it. I can go rewind and I don't have to follow every single thing, especially
1: if I'm lucky, calling like Lucky writers. fucking bastard, by the way,
2: I envy that. <laughs> especially, I mean, this is no disrespect to Bill Volt, but he's obviously at the game. So he's always like tweeting updates, like, you know, five to 10 seconds, like before the rest of the timeline. But outside of that, it's just, I just want to, like, kind of clear my mind and just watch the game and make oh, yeah. my own unfiltered analysis. And so I think what you saw yesterday is what I predicted on the show uh, in my preview and I and also last week when, when you and I spoke. And this is just the the growth that you want to see. You from got lucky, one, by the way, because
1: Dante blew that coverage. I would have had you had that not happened. Well, to, to Dante's credit, he also <laughs> made an
2: incredible play on that third down. You know, oh, certainly! It was a bizarre, like yeah.
1: It was a bizarre turn. It was a really strange series. Go ahead, Billy. Sorry to interrupt. You, you did nail it, by the way. I think you had it by five. Was it a five I, margin yeah. you had?
2: Well, the spread on Thursday when I spoke to Will was five and a half, and yeah. I think the uh, the spread actually closed at three and a half. Uh, so the Jets did not cover. The Panthers did. Yeah. Uh, but t- t- to your point, I just think like. we we should not and this is no knock on anyone everyone can have their own expectations and own demands like you are expecting this team to win the nfc south and more hey fair play to you i believe not no not you not you i'm just saying in general if other people other people, yeah i want to clear that that up right now (laughs) yeah sure so i I guess my point is like if certain people have x like higher loftier expectations some people have lower expectations Mm. chris sims Uh yeah, they should have those expectations be in check. I'm not um going to say e- either you know scenario is right or wrong. For me, right. right. It's I, personal I just, perspective. I, exactly. So for me I just felt that where they are in their rebuild, these are the games you should be winning. I don't have any expectations of them going into an NFL game, blowing out another opponent. I just I don't see that happening. If it happens like it happened last year against Detroit, then you know, that's a credit to them, but I, I just feel like right now they need to start winning these games and they did. So credit to them in that regard. I yep. think the next step is putting your foot on the pedal for 60 minutes. Cause that fourth, you know, the third and fourth quarter, they could have had a much higher winning margin because they were all over them. Um, I just felt like the defense got gassed out. It's really hot. And the offense just didn't really do their job of putting points on the board.
1: No, you're right about gassing out. That's a, that's a new playing surface. It gets a little spicy down there with that uh, Carolina humidity. Oh uh, my
2: gosh. It is, it is it, awful to play on that surface. It, in it's, hot weather.
1: It shines too. Like you can see the shine on it. and the glee, it's just a bad look and it's a bad feel down there. You know, I talked to Stanley McClover in our last pod and we talked about the surface and I was trying to get some good insight as to far. Are there any advantages? Stanley, about having maybe a fat, he said, it ain't a fast track. It's, it's, it's like grass, but it's fake. I mean, the fast tracks were back around 02 in Indy. But regardless, I, I think you're exactly right. Look, they got that last drive before halftime. Great drive, you know, moving down the field. Darnold, was, I thought, was a great call, stretching McCaffrey out wide. Uh, they created a void there. They drew the coverage out to the left side. And of course, uh, that was a favorable. Situation for the left tackle and left guard who have struggled to sort of just get into a grind, ground and pound, quarterback draw. Let's maul some guys up front and not have to get on our heels. Great call. Loved it. But they come out after halftime. After all that, they go to the locker room, 16 nothing. Everything's looking good. You know, they're playing a clean game so far overall. And they get the ball. You get the two for one. Of course, you score last, you get the ball back first, second half. That's exactly what you want. That's where great teams, and that's where playoff teams, at least in one of those first two series, preferably the first, take that 16-0, and they go three possessions. They go 19-0, and they go back to you know 23-0. And then three possessions, Billy, starts to get an opponent with some weaknesses into a bind and gets a rookie quarterback out of sorts. Instead, they go three and out. The Jets then go six and out and punt. Carolina once again. Has a couple penalty issues. Uh, they have to punt. Uh, third quarter, they had 28 yards of offense. So to your point, I, mean, I, I thought this could be a 10-point game just because I thought that secondary from the Jets would have a really hard time. But to your point as well, it's going to be small ball until this line can protect. And I thought Salah did some good things, scheming up pressure in that second half. If you only get 28 yards of offense on the New York Jets in an entire quarter of football with four different possessions, by the way, four different cracks at it, and you're kicking a field goal from, what, your own 30 – or the opponent's 33, I think it was. Um, like I'm not going to judge Matt Rule. Do what you do, and you won the game. But uh, yeah, that's where the kicking game, once again, you're not going to – Okay, let me ask you this. Santoso nails that. It's no, a three-possession game all of a sudden. Uh, I forgot the
2: extra point. All right, M- Misses are going to happen. All right, it, it, Obviously, yes, a kicker of his caliber should be making it because they give up a seventh-round pick. And, I mean, Joey Sly goes three for three yesterday and makes all of the extra points. Yeah, but you can't senior. miss
1: the goddamn extra points. We've talked okay, about, about that. I'm not even worried about Okay, uh, look, I am.
2: <laughs> that's not, that's not my <laughs> issue. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, I, I agree. It's an issue. My issue is – First half, you're at the 34, 35 yard line. It's like fourth and six or fourth and seven. Why the heck is the kicker not on the field kicking a field goal? Why are you punting in that situation? I, I have Why, no like idea. What, what goes into a coach's head in that situation? It's the same BS that he did last year in Tampa. He
1: did like, the that same thing. That, that you're right. Crazy. <laughs> like, was, was that the what, fake punt. That was the fake punt by Chin, right? The fake punt keeper. What the hell is going on? I you don't have know, Billy. Really.
2: You, you have to make a decision on this kicker by next week. If you want to keep him or not, because you have to give up the draft pick. If you're not going to allow a kicker to take kick a 52-yard field goal in ideal circumstances on an ideal surface, then he has to. Then we need to find it as someone else. Like that—that that is unacceptable. Like, either go for it. Do not punt from there, because you know what the punt did. Charlton only punted it until like the 15-yard line.
1: Yeah, it's a 13-yard punt. I think it was terrible. that—that—that <sighs> yeah, that yeah, that, that that was. That, I'm sorry for getting emotional, but that. You know, well, where's I, analytics I can... play into that either i mean you talk all the talk from tepper about analytics and how we value that but at the end of the day you know matt rule is just a grinder he's one of these guys that doesn't give a shit he's going to call what he wants to call in the field because matt owns well, that he, okay. i, I they, just what there have... was there do you think there was an analytical thought process no, put into that no, Did, no he just kind of uh, went with his gut i think well hold on hold on let me let me try
2: to you know bring it back to earth for a second okay because there was a podcast i was listening to it there was an analytics podcast, uh, Dan Pizzuto, who joined us last year for the uh, Jerry Reese yeah. um, for the GM podcast, who helped kind of give, a, give us something on Jerry Reese. He did mention that Carolina did a lot of smart things last year. Of course like, they did. Game management.
1: I but have no problem this, with that. That's why this miffs me. Because no, they, they're I, consistently I, doing smart things, but then this happens. I do believe
2: that they have Someone in the booth, or somewhere, going around, you know, making these calls. My issue isn't that. My issue is this is the same nonsense that happened last year. So this is just a trend. It's it's not necessarily a. I'm
1: not just to be clear. I'm not anti analytics. I think it's great they have a guy, and I think we pretty well know they have a guy in the ear, at least. For, for some of these calls. If it's not rule, it's it's Brady or somebody else. Maybe it is rule. But they have people on staff to, to help suggest what would work situationally. They're they're within striking range of a field goal with a new kicker. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't understand if that would have been a analytical suggestion to say, Coach, I think a field goal There's attempt here is wise or to go for it. I don't think any analytics guy in that situation would say punt would be the ideal optimal decision, but I'm not a data scientist. I don't know what the data says there. I would think it says don't punt. (laughs) I mean,
2: it's just it's it's extremely frustrating to watch this stuff happen in real time for the second trade year, okay? You're at the 33-yard line. Um, You're not even at the 38. 33. If a kicker cannot make a 50-yard field goal, then shut down this entire kicking operation and find a new guy by tomorrow. I mean, I, I just, I, I, that is the issue. This isn't about analytics. If, it, if this just comes down, if Chase Blackburn is telling that rule that a kicker cannot make a 50 yard field goal on that surface in that weather, what the hell are we doing? I, I, I'm sorry exactly. for getting off. That just, it just. Uh, irks no, me when so
1: that field, <laughs> they started midfield. I said it during the broadcast. And we're doing a little quick clips there. This is a great opportunity. Now they've been pushing the game, uh, the field position back and back and they pinning them. Now they finally have it at midfield. They start out with a 13 yard gain to more. They run some weird shit on first and 10 from the 37. They lose five yards. Okay. It happens short left the Marshall for eight yards. Short left to Arnold for one yard, fourth and six, because they're behind the sticks at that point because of the lost yardage. You can't start from the 50 and start playing horizontal ball. I Look, you call the plays you want, it's fine. But then you get to fourth and six, 33. I, I think my common sense would have just said, right, we can line up and try to get this. We know defensively we can nut up and maybe stop them. You can't pen teams deep punting from the 33. It's kind of hard to do. I mean it's ridiculous. Or at least take I, a, I mean, at least take a delay a game and try to get him off sides. I mean, you know, dude, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that was just a terrible coaching decision. I don't know who was in charge. The, if the if Chase Blockburn is telling Matt Rule that Santoso cannot make a fifty yarder, then this guy needs to we need to have a kicking competition. Kickers need to be in in Bank of America Stadium. You know working out by he's, tomorrow yeah
1: he's there for his leg i mean he's a kickoff specialist he could boom anything from
2: 50 plus um i, I just and I, I mean as far as i could tell there did not seem to be a crazy amount of wind either
1: no it was pretty calm in the carolinas yesterday i mean we're, we're 50 miles down the road there wasn't much going on beautiful day uh it, it's sort of the same thing i i, I thought that that maybe Brady had with Bridgewater last year in that season opener where they ran it four straight times on that uh, possible game-winning drive. It's the same type of issue when you can't trust the guy that is supposed to be front and center in that situation to have the ball either on, in his hands or in a kicker's position on his foot. That That is concerning. And I think it was a big difference between a starting quarterback and a kicker. But at the end of the day, in a close game, uh, yeah, man, I don't want to talk kicking all night, but you're right. That's more st- strategy and tactical thinking. Yeah, it's just, situational. it's just one issue.
2: It's, yeah. just, it, it's the only issue I had really with the coaching. And it just speaks to uh, not just the coaching, but just – what's going on with this kicking situation because it has to be resolved one way or the other. Like, a guy missed an extra point, and, yes, I was very upset about that, but why are we not allowing him to get on the field for this? Because if you're not going to do that, I mean, fourth and six is a situation where I, I can kind of stomach you uh, not going for it, but to not even kick a field goal from that range, I mean –
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, it was concerning. Yeah, I mean, for the first quarter, uh, you know, the Jets had the time advantage by two minutes. Both teams uh, struggled on third down. Both teams did. Struggle and throw down most of the game, which is also something we need to continue to monitor. Although defensively, I think it's improvement for Carolina. Uh, The second quarter started out with one hell of a drive again by Carolina from their own twenty-eight. Darnold's, uh, you know, moving the ball around to different guys. McCaffrey's got his hands on the ball. We saw Ian Thomas, uh, you know, in the mix there in the game. McCaffrey, I thought, was very good running inside. He was, you know, shifty, sort of uh, doing the stop and go stuff. Made up for a lot of the deficiencies they have in terms of uh, the push they're not getting right now. And then Sam Darnold, fourth and one. You know, you're going to go for it. Roll the dice. I don't hate it. Um, But the exchange drops on the ground. And and once again, I mean, these things are going to happen. But that's four yards away from six points. You leave with zero. Once again, you mentioned what your spread pick was on this game. Uh, I think you probably maybe accounted for some of these things happening to limit Carolina from being a 10-plus point winner against a team that everybody thinks sucks. But, hey, let's face it, Carolina was five wins for a reason last year these type of things in the red zone. They were one of four in the red zone again, Billy. And at the four-yard line, you can't put the ball on the ground. I was very frustrated by that. And, again, you leave six points off the board there. The Jets, obviously, threw an interception. Carolina goes back down and gets a field goal, a chip shot from the three-yard line. (laughs) Um, But, Billy, I, I don't know. I thought that second quarter was interesting. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's an unfortunate situation with the, you know, botched handoff. Yeah, you know, that stuff happens. It's just unfortunate that that happened on fourth down and inside the five-year-old line too. Uh I just chalk it up to maybe just a little inexperience. Those two guys didn't really play with each other in the preseason and a lot of those handoffs, especially in high leverage situation. Uh, you know, it, it, it can happen. So, again, not great, but I'm not going yeah. to um, – I don't think that suggests there's any type of longer-term uh, issue with right. that because they right. ended, he ended it all fine for the rest of the game. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, I thought it was a good call by Brady, especially after they stopped him on fourth down to take that deep shot. You're, you're testing an inexperienced secondary. you got to go deep on these guys, all right? And I thought Donald moved really well in the pocket there uh, to create some space, and uh, Irving did a pretty good job of you know washing out the – um, yeah, the edge rusher, and he yeah. had a, a clean so. platform, and he pinned him right down the field. So great to there, and uh, the 2 and drill at the end to get, uh, go up sixty nothing again. Really well executed.
1: That was impressive, no doubt. Uh, fourth quarter was uh, a bonanza. Uh, it got fun. I mean, look, th- there were some... <laughs> there were some calls from phil snow and again you know i'm a snow stan i i'm trying to limit my my enthusiasm because you have gave me some good advice on that a long time ago but i i do think once you start getting phil some of this personnel and again it's the jets got to be careful the personnel is much deeper now up front. Morgan Fox did some really cool things in terms of run stopping. Uh, Hassan Reddick, of course, was very active. Shaq Thompson, perhaps one of the finer games of his career, I thought. Uh, just mm-hmm. Remarkable stuff from Shaq. I mean, we, I think you and I may have had this conversation recently. I don't know if it was on a radio show or with you on a pod, but Shaq had never really had sort of like a, a wow moment. Like he's been steady but he never had a Luke or TT or T moment where it's like, there it is. And, and that's the first pick he's had since 2016. Um, I thought it was really good to see him in a pass rushing spot off the edge. Uh, you know, did you see him getting in the mix? Wearing number seven pretty cool too. Uh, they, they were ran one blitz package where they had nothing but defensive end speed guys and linebackers, no defensive tackles. And they had horn inside in the slot. There, just, you know, sticking to his guy there. Uh I, I like a lot of what happened. That that play late in the game, Billy, w- was that was that a cover three situation? Was it just a, a, a missed assignment by Dante? Do, was he not deep enough? What, what, from your perspective, when you saw that happen, because uh, Dante played a very good game. He was on fire in the last drive. What do you think happened? Have you looked at the tape? And can you give us some insight from your end on what? Yeah,
2: there? so obviously it, it came. Uh, Wilson was thrown to his left hand side, so you you don't know, really expect him to be able to take a shot down there, uh, because he, most of his deep shots came when he was looking down the middle of the field or on the opposite side. So um, I just think he lost focus there. You he think he's supposed to, you know, gain a little more depth in that situation. And again, it was a forty yard throw, I believe it was. Yeah. Um. So he, he definitely threw place it uh, in a good spot, and I just think. Um, you know, the mentality starts to creep in. You're up by double digits at that point. You're just looking to, you know, make your plays. And uh, to, you know, Jackson's credit, the previous play, he traveled with the receiver like 50 yards on the field and got up like, you know, 10 inches off the ground. To yeah,
1: it was a great
2: away. play. Great play. So, I don't know, maybe it was just a little bit of fatigue setting in because, again, it's pretty tough to, you know, gain that type of depth and, consecutive plays but hey it's it's sure. part of the game and uh it is I, I just i just chalk it up to yeah it happens that's sort of what i would say
1: well look i mean zach Wilson. we talked a lot about him during our draft eval we knew we wouldn't have a shot in carolina at zach but i, I think uh, the, the guy was tough i mean look the, the 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 twist they ran on that play before the the Corey davis touchdown 600 pounds of guys falling right on the guy uh that one hurt no doubt. He he looked hurt. He got right up after the two-minute warning, fired a dime. I thought Horn, you know, the coverage wasn't outstanding, but it was good enough. His hand was there. It was just such a a well-thrown ball, and and then all of a sudden, you're in a, oh, Christ, you know, we're in an onside kick situation. Good execution by Carolina, you know, obviously with uh, McCaffrey out there, you know, and and the, the hands team, but yeah, if that had come down to, you know, oh, they get the ball back, I think Zach Wilson could have threatened Carolina with his arm and maybe given Carolina one of the more catastrophic losses of their recent memory. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of folks kind of saw this game w- w- with excitement anticipation. A lot of folks also look at it like a uh, match. The Jets, it still feels like preseason because it's just not an elite opponent. Uh, you know, like I, I just think it's important to note that. You're right, you gotta manage expectations. The competition level will get harder uh teams do look better on this schedule than maybe I thought. I mean Houston against Jacksonville I, I don't know if I'm gonna go all in on Houston now, but I didn't expect them as I, well, like I, that many. I, the
2: thing the, the thing about that um thing about that team is it's or the Houston game it's on a road on Thursday night, so that's always tough
1: yep always. i don't I don't
2: care who you're playing
1: always tough. Oh, in Carolina, his head stayed a litany of nightmares on Thursday nights. It's, it's I hate when I hear that Thursday music come on. I'm like, here we go again, another Carolina Thursday night extravaganza. I think the only Thursday night when they really did well on was uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, but We'll see. Uh, there's a lot to be determined. The Saints uh, are interesting. We're going to talk about them in our, our preview coming up this week. Uh, in terms of the uh, explosive plays, just taking a look at uh, what I consider to be, you know, 20-plus yard plays. Can play. I just say
2: something on, on the yeah, defense? Yeah, sure. Jump in. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my concerns obviously adding into this season was third down defense. and I have to give credit to them because they played really well on third downs. I thought Snow really mixed up the packages. Uh maybe wilson turns out to be a very good quarterback but he looked extremely flustered you could see that in his body language Going back mm-hmm. to the sideline it seems like he's never played with like grown men before um <laughs> i mean credit to him for sort of bouncing back it, it, there were just a few times he just he looked lost in my opinion and yeah. uh, the, i mean just the pressure packages that snow was able to bring a lot of disguises a lot of uh, really well timed blitzes kind of just mm-hmm. put the entire Jets offensive line into frenzy. And I think the key to stopping any Shanahan offense or starts up front the defensive line. I was pleasantly surprised with the play of number 90, Daquan Jones. I thought he was fantastic.
1: Yeah. I don't know how you felt about him. I thought Jones was very good in this game, Billy. And Jones was a guy that was brought in here with the idea that, look, he's a high-volume guy in terms of snap counts. He's always been around that 700 mark. Uh, Yesterday, it looks like he had 43 total. And you're looking at, in terms of pass rush, 29 Again, run defense 14 when he was in the game, mostly at the right side at defensive tackle. I thought he was just fine. I, they rotated some guys in and out. I thought Morgan Fox at his hybrid position did some good things in terms of, you know, creating a little pressures, pursuing the run. Uh, Marcus Haynes, you know, again, a guy that I just love as a, you know, I mean, 15, he's a
2: reliable. He's a 15. Guy. Yeah, he's
1: a 15 snap guy, but he's going to maximize those snaps. And you know, like Washington last year in that game, Tennessee two years ago, he comes in and uh, gets the pressure right away and uh, gets the sack. Uh, Shaq, again, uh, a fantastic game. But no, I think up front. I liked what I saw. Again, it's Tevin Coleman. He's sort of trailed off a little bit, but he's given Carolina nightmares over the years, you know, especially in a Shanahan type of scheme. So I was worried a little bit about, you know, maybe Coleman could find his old step or two, and they just never got it going, and Carolina never allowed to get going. And I think that put, like you said, a very young quarterback uh, and sort of a deer in the headlights look early on. To his credit, Uh like I said, I mean, he came right back and performed very well in that fourth quarter and i thought that was uh, pretty pretty instructive about what type of quarterback they have here but in terms of the first half i mean look zach was six of 16 84 yards one pick uh it was not good they ran 11 for 19 uh, whereas darnold was uh you know close to 75 percent uh again i i just think you, you know you look at what again there's no Jamison Crowder Cole didn't play that didn't help either I mean Elijah Moore did not look good no he did not no 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 you're right he didn't Uh, and that was something I think a lot of folks were sort of quietly concerned about but uh, again he just didn't didn't quite measure up in terms of production in that game Uh, I just think yeah you're right red zone Last year, I mean, how many times do we look at, at Carolina playing teams? Where you know it was sixty percent or fifty-five percent, and in this game, I mean, they were well under forty percent in terms of uh, the third and fourth down combo. There uh, looks like it was five, uh, yeah. uh, five of 33 percent. I'll take that every week. Oh,
2: I mean, that's 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 a standard. We have Damn to raise good. the standard on third down, and um, I mean, they did their job. Let's let's uh, give. I'm gonna give. Credit to them. Offensively, like I said, it's a work in progress. I just want to see growth from week to week. I do think that the points kind of distort the production because, like I said, they got to the 33 yard line; they should have picked a field goal there. They got to the four yard line; it was a botched handoff So,
1: exactly um, my point. I mean, that's uh, it's twofold. Uh, I mean, look, it's twofold because you said you said you know what, they should win by 10 or 12 points in this game easily, and there it was. But then on the flip side, good teams typically don't botch those opportunities. So that brings me back to where you were with your analysis. Maybe not so much in terms of, oh, they would botch a bunch of easy points, but at the end of the day, they didn't blow a team out, and that's why. They botched clear opportunities. Not to mention early on, they had great field position, and they just couldn't put the ball anywhere in your scoring range. And just think uh, that's something I mean, to keep an eye uh, on. It's a very <laughs> – at defense, it's not very good. <laughs> the Jets lost their punter, like, in the first quarter. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was easy money, man. They got it right at half uh, midfield. And uh, when you get the ball at midfield and you have that personnel that Joe Brady has, again, uh, what do you make of it? I mean, it just it, – i don't, I'm not looking like it is a plague or anything. If this continues, yeah, but – Hey, you got to be thinking, yeah, get the ball to midfield. Let's at least get three out of this. But obviously it did not happen. I was a little surprised. One, two, three, four, five players. Uh, and, of course, they didn't pass the ball a lot. So that's probably what's going on here. Only five players caught a ball. Uh, Robbie was one of those. Uh, he caught one ball. He had one target. Ian Thomas uh, did have a – I don't think they're right on this because they Thomas did catch one. In the flat. Uh, they said he had no receptions anyway, whatever. Uh, but McCaffrey, I mean, look, eight for eight, 91. Uh, I thought Christian looked outstanding. I, I thought he yeah, looked he did. much better than he did, you know, sort of early last year when he was fighting through some stuff, obviously. And credit to Carolina for shutting him down and learning some lessons. Yeah, obviously, it was a no brainer. But McCaffrey, again, the the big. Deep shot they took right out of timeout. Hell of a block he makes when, you know, Daly sort of whiffs on that, comes in, holds his own against a defensive tackle for just enough time for Sam to slide, reset, and get the points that were the difference in the game. Uh, Not to mention his decoy ability working outside and also his ability to catch the ball outside. And when he does – He's got two guys around him. He still can give you eight, nine yards after the catch. So it's, it's really important that he stays healthy. 30 touches, though, Billy. Well, I mean, that's, that's the lowest he's had in two years. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's
2: that's why you get paid the big bucks, man. You got to use them. And what, did I mean, you, what did
1: you say a couple of weeks ago? Chuba Hubbard wasn't quite there, right? And, I mean, that's kind of where they were with it. They didn't trust him. Not yet, at least. Yeah, no, uh, Yeah, I think Hubbard will
2: be in a good spot in a few weeks. But, yeah, I think they just need to really – this was a must-win game. Let's be clear about that. They, they got the win, so yep. you have to give them credit for it. I just, like I said, there's some things that irk me from a coaching game management perspective, like that punt. Uh, I mean, they did, They made some other, like, fine fourth-down decisions. I, I know some people, wanted them, uh, I, I don't know, like, in that fourth and two when no. you're up 16-8, no. I was fine kicking
1: the field goal there, but if the kicker missed that, then...
2: Yeah, good grief. He should be out of the job, but he did oh, make it.
1: Got it. But, again, I, I – that well, that's – again, that's a philosophy thing. I, I just think at that point, I'm a, I think in terms of possessions, I've heard analytics guys argue that that's not the way you should be thinking in terms of building a lead. Um, but, to me, I've always thought of the game in terms of if you're under, like, an eight-minute, nine-minute situation and you stretch it to three possessions, even if it's a field goal, not a touchdown, stretching it, if you're up by 17 – then they have to have the ball three times and have three scoring drives. But again, there's a lot of math that would say, ah, you're wrong. I think in that moment, you you got the kicker for a reason, let him knock it home, and he did. I I was worried that they were going to actually try it, though, because they were in heavy personnel again. And it was that same look where they've just ran into a brick wall every time with it. Um, I will say, I will say, defending an eight-point lead,
2: I think they would have been fine because if they – because let me just think about this for a second. Do uh, you remember that uh, – no, just just hang, hang with me for a second, okay? They weren't fine, that, though. They, they weren't no, fine. What do you mean? If they're defending an eight-point lead over a, an 11-point
1: lead, I think – I don't well, think okay. they're playing not yeah, Sure, that's that's fair. But, but, but I, you I, also have go to You make that your that, point that, first. Now, counter. Go ahead. Just, just give me one second. I'll,
2: I'll – I'll, <laughs> you, No, your, your points are valid. I just want to say – um, so you're defending an eight-point lead. Number one, number two, you are. The Jets have the ball like inside the five-yard line, so they have to go 95 yards and get a two-point conversion. Do you remember that game a couple of years ago? The uh, the Bills, um, Panthers, game uh, ended like nine to three or something weird.
1: Oh yeah, where Jose almost caught that touchdown at the end. I remember that.
2: So do you remember it was six to three and it was fourth and goal from like the one or two, and Rivera decided to kick the field goal to make it nine three. Yeah. The big discussion after the game was, should Ron Rivera have gone for it to make it a 10-point game? I said at the time, and this is not hindsight. You guys can go look at my tweets. I said, and I was very disappointed in Rivera for not going for it because in that situation, Sean McDermott is a new coach who's not going to be playing for a win. He's going to be going for a field goal, even if Carolina did not get it. And at that point, you still had a healthy, you know, six or five – 250 pound cam newton you had jonathan stewart you had yeah. christian mccaffrey um, but I, I guess just my point is like the mentality of the defense the play calling that situation is going to be amped up to where you have to kind of make a play uh and you'd be more aggressive now again fine take a level point lead it, it's not the end of the world i just I, I just want to point that out there again i thought the call was fine uh, i'm not trying to you know kind of uh, take one side or the other. I just think uh, – I'm just trying to bring perspective into the alternate scenario, I guess.
1: Oh, absolutely, no. And that's great perspective, and it's a great reference going back to seven. That's – that's God, that's four years ago. It's good memory on your part. And I think there's some good psychological examination coaches do. I think you're right. I know that for a fact. I mean, talk to guys. You talk to guys, too. I'm uh, thinking in terms of, okay, Rivera and knows Sean. And, and Sean, obviously, first year is probably going to be a little cautious with the defense – at that point, this still has Peppers rushing the passer. Mario Addison, you've got Bradbury back there. You want to be a little cautious in terms of over-pursuing for the win. Because
2: maybe. if they caught that pass, then Rivera oh. would have been
1: killed. Oh, you know, He's right back there in that uh, pre-Riverboat Ron heat. Um But he, you know, he didn't. Unfortunately, they got up out of there. But you're right. I mean, you you can't always look at the results. You got to look at the process and you have to look at what happens after you make decisions. I I think in this particular game, you know, that that team in Carolina was built. And it's it's why I'm so, you know, you know, obviously bitter at times that Newton's you know, his his game has declined and obviously is just not the same. And it was not sustainable, I guess, for him to be here anymore and to run that type of offense because Brady's offense is nothing like that. And they wanted their own system. But inside the five or in a fourth and one, you had Stewart at times. Uh, you know, you had Cam that could get it done. Uh, you don't really have that confidence yet with this team. And so in that situation, I think, you know, to your point, sure, you know, go for it perhaps you don't get it you still can defend that eight point lead i just think the higher percentage there if you're just talking you know again it's not math it's just common sense is you would think this kicker from that range could could make the kick it's not 50 yards and my confidence level in this team getting one yard right now is at an all-time low So Uh, I I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just think that's to me, I I liked that he trotted them out there and tried to get them to jump off. I had no doubt they were going to kick it. I, I did not have a doubt about it. I knew that that was going to be a, you know, fake snap type situation and let's get them off sides. And I just felt very strongly that they were going to just show that and then take a timeout or whatever. But, uh, Oh, look, I mean, you can go either way with that. I think, yeah, your, to your point, coverage does change when you're defending an eight-point lead versus a double-digit lead. Um, and
2: Mr., and our good friend Phil Snow will bring some more exotic blitzes to really confuse Zach.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Uh I just really liked a lot of what they did defensively, like you said. I-, I thought just from a from a base perspective, fundamentally early on, you know, they're trying to get a little running game going, help Zach out. Uh it looked like that season opener against Dallas a few years ago. Remember when they exactly. running the wide zone and Keekley was just got just so good. And, and there were, the energy was there in the crowd. It's everything you want I mean, to do. It was, not. it's the exact same kind of
2: game scenario where yeah. they were just dominating Dallas all game when Dallas yeah. scores a touchdown and gets... Two pointer. Yeah, yeah. Very similar game.
1: game. yeah Very similar. uh JC Horn early on, I mean, you know, he was targeted a few times. I thought he was all right. I mean, for week one rookie season, not too shabby. I'd have to take a closer look at the tape that is yet to be made available to minions like myself. Uh, <laughs> but I thought, you know, his tackle, the PFF gave him a rough tackling grade. I'm, I'm looking at that first one. I thought it was a nice <clears throat> job flying in. And Jermaine Carter, by the way, go back and look at that tackle that Horn made early on. He flies in like a psychopath. He's wearing that number two now. I think it is, or number throw whatever it's number two or three. Uh, four. Oh, four. Is Jermaine it four? Carter? Yeah, Carter. Yeah. Yeah, Carter's four. Carter's four. Because Shaq's in the mix there. And all of a sudden I see somebody wearing a kicker's number who looks like he's about 250 <laughs> running in full speed. I'm telling you, Carter's good, man. He he is uh, He's not all the way there yet. He's still working through, you know, his development. But, man, he plays fast and he plays with a purpose at that mic position. I like watching him. LeVu was graded very – favorably by PFF, it looks like. Uh, He didn't have a lot of snaps, but again, he's getting in on the mix in terms of pressures. Uh, I, I just think they did some nice creative things. It's all about building what I you have certain situations where you get into like Three minutes left, third quarter, is my comfort zone if you have a three-possession lead and a rookie quarterback and those receivers. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Three possessions. You can have some fun. Pin your ears back. And I thought even when they did that, they stayed disciplined enough on the back end. Of course, the one to Dante, that does happen. But Dante also made some great plays, as you mentioned. Uh, Did you get enough of a look at JC to give me any type of assessment on, on what type of game he had? Didn't seem like he was targeted a whole lot early on.
2: Yeah. It's tough to really tell. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the broadcast copy doesn't really do it justice. So that's something that's, you know, when the all 22 does eventually come up, I'm sure Mr. John Ellis, you can follow him on Twitter at one Panther place. And number one, he will have the all 22 clips up like you always do. God but willing. Series,
1: God willing. Series, and if it's legal, <laughs> sure. they will be not <laughs> getting sued. Um, Depending on where the – yeah, I'll, I'll be able to obviously get a better look. And, and so, we obviously, even if we can share the clips, so we can at least watch the game and, and draw a better assessment.
2: Yeah, point. I didn't really see much to indicate one way or the other how this performance should be evaluated. Well, let me just say one more thing. Um, they came out of the game pretty healthy.
1: They did. Uh, there's one that concerns me a little. I was getting to that. Uh it's it's Hartsfield, and maybe I'm over examining it, but you know, he was their slot oh, yeah, guy. Is, yeah. That's Harts, Hartsfield w- was very solid there, I thought. And uh he's out now for an extended time. it's like a 12-week thing he's looking at. Uh they've re-signed Corn Elder. He had some decent slot snaps last year, Billy. We talked about that. The Tampa game, uh, some other games. He was okay in the slot. Um A.J. Bouye had some injury issues in camp. He's got one more game on the suspension. I talked to a scout this week around the league. You said, yeah, I mean, the Carolina, if they're wishing they had one thing right now, is A.J. Bouye healthy for this game against the Saints? That would be a big, big deal because they really like what he brings in terms of manning up on the slot. He can also kick outside if they need to. He's a very good tackler. but." It looks like they'll be rolling with a possible rotation of guys inside. I don't know if Corn's up to speed enough yet to jump in. But, yeah, you're right. Other than that, I, you know, Becton, that's a terrible one right there. I, it wasn't an ACL, but he had to, like, pop his knee back into place. Uh, it looked concerning, and obviously I would never want that to happen to me. That sounds terrible. Uh, other than that, I mean, Carolina, I think, did okay. Look at DJ early on though. And I thought of you, that turf, it did Did you see the play where he came up a little bit gimpy early on? I don't know if um, you caught that. Uh, it was before his big catch down the boundary. He he caught up on a play uh, where he kind of rolled out of bounds and he was limping a little bit. And then he stopped for a minute. Trainers were with him. And then two plays later, he was back in the game. So I think it was, might've been a cramp, but I just, with this turf, I'm holding my breath on every, every play with these guys. <laughs>
2: I um, <laughs> no, don't blame you though.
1: I mean it's just not it's not optimal, but uh that's where it is. Uh, I mean f- Yeah. Mm, go ahead. No, go
2: on. No, I was okay. just gonna say, man, I I like watching football played on grass. I guess uh, I'm just i you know, maybe I am progressive in my own ways with the analytics, but I still like to see football played on grass. I was watching Obviously the Saints and Packers and I mean the aesthetics of it too just look twenty times better and it's safer for players.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. It's the big thing. I mean, you know, look, you talk to guys that that are around the league that have played. I I take pride in in trying to connect with these guys, not from a clout perspective that I could give a shit. It's about understanding their stories and understanding their way of thinking. And I always like asking the question to guys, you know, Hey, this field. And I asked, you know, McClover and and Brian was in the room too. And I held back. And they were both like eh, it's fine, but it ain 't a fast track, and you know, yeah, players do hate this shit i don 't think you're going to find too many guys coming out and saying, you know we we love what you 've done dave depper it's really helping to advance our career but uh, that those are business decisions uh defensively, we wrap up here, just looking at some of the uh, key stats and be jump in time as I just kind of going through some of the final thoughts here." I thought, uh, once again, just a, a good variety of what they have up front. Uh, Derek Brown was very solid. I, I like his game, again, for what they drafted him to do. Um, once again, just very stout inside, three tackles, uh, three key stops according to how PFF grades it. Uh, Marcus Haynes, once again. Daquan Jones, you're right. I thought he was very strong inside of the defensive tackle. Nixon uh, got about 12 snaps, mixed results, said okay. Uh, Burns got a, a free shot. Uh, that was I, – I, I think that was a pretty big play, actually. I don't know what the hell happened to where Brian Burns is unblocked on a rookie quarterback, but it was sort of written I in mean, the stars because Burns Wilson. quietly – McClover has been talking to us all season. He said, man, Brian is ready to get Zach Wilson's ass on the ground. And sure enough, nobody's there. And it's like yeah, that shot that I recorded off the TV, it was just a – just it was a brutal – Piece of protection, and uh, it was a good way for Carolina to start to get the rookie rattled. But other than that, Burns was was kind of quiet. But you know,
2: yeah, the, I mean, that was a that was a quick hitch concept. Wilson should have got that ball out, but it mm-hmm. looked like Carolina covered it pretty well because you can see like he hitches before uh, Burns gets there. So mm-hmm. I just think that the production was sliding one way, and, uh pretty unfortunate.
1: <laughs> Not a good play yeah, call, though. Right. Yeah, and they 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 hit uh, they hit hard. I- I'll say that they when they got home they made it count. And I, I like that. You know, I think you've covered a lot of it. I really appreciate you doing this
2: uh, this evening. I just, I know a lot of fans are looking and trying to get my input and Hopefully when the all 22 comes out, I'll try to uh, post some clips up there, but you know, guys, I, I just try to use this platform uh, moving forward to kind of give my own filter analysis. I know a lot of people, uh, they disagree. And I, I welcome that, uh, but I just feel like this, Uh, is a much better way. And I'm going to open up my DM. So if you ever want to, you know, chat NFL football, just, you know, come in there and uh, we can always, uh, yeah, having I mean, discussions you want. Be
1: careful what you really ask for, a Billy. <laughs> oh, I mean, look, its uh, this is a great platform we have here. I think this game coming up, and obviously we're going to preview it with the Saints. I, I want to go back and look at this uh, Green Bay game. I haven't watched it yet. I looked at the box score, and uh, could, could just as we jump off here, did you watch any of that? What what happened? What James, the five I mean, touchdowns in 150 yards. Obviously, they probably had about six turnovers to make that happen. Was it that I, bad offensively for I've, the Packers' line? What, what the hell happened?
2: I've been saying it since February. I don't care who's the quarterback, as long as it's not Taysom, this is going to be the favorite in the NFC South. Yes, over the mm-hmm. Bucks too. And I, they have the best, one of the best rosters in the NFL. And you have Sean Payton and his coaching staff behind him. I I mean, what else do you want to see from this team? They have a great roster, uh, you know, a great coach. I just think that this was – this was all coming together. I mean, the Saints – I don't – Sean Payton doesn't make excuses like other coaches. I mean, they're practicing in Dallas, and then they're flying to Florida for a game. You know, they got – families are being displaced because of the hurricane.
1: None of that I mean, matters, By the way, so real to... quick note on Sean Payton from what I heard. Maybe you heard this too, that they scouted out that Jacksonville stadium because Rodgers hates playing there. That was one of the things they they factored yeah, in. No. They tried to get that stadium booked for that reason because they knew <laughs> – he felt that Aaron would have a miserable time down there. And sure enough, it was not fun.
2: No, I, I, I could totally see that being the case. And uh... – I mean, credit to the Dennis Allen man; he's one of the best in the business.
1: Yeah, he's going to be back on uh, the, the head coaching grid at some point. I mean, obviously, he got his chance in in the Raiders uh, organization, and and it was maybe just not time. But again, the, the Raiders aren't exactly a model for success in terms of uh, coaching consistency. I, I do think that uh, this game, I, like I was very optimistic about Carolina's, you know, chances to win at home. Uh, they're still at home gonna take some things that uh would be somewhat uh inconceivable right now to see them winning this game (laughs) davenport is out i would say maybe that's a little bit of an assist uh though he's not you know measuring up quite the way he was a couple years ago he did make one very good play last year that cost carolina a game arguably on that last drive uh i think latimore is still out if i'm not mistaken just Uh, got
2: signed to a new extension
1: yeah, he got the big deal too. But uh, Lattimore yeah, played you... last yesterday, by the way.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, Marcus Lattimore. Mar- excuse me, Marshawn Lattimore played. Marchand oh, Lattimore. yeah, he played yesterday.
1: Okay, so he's not. Is he on the injury report now? Because I thought I, I mean, he's
2: he's. I think he's playing limited snaps. Okay. I mean, that's just a, I don't know what to say. This upcoming game is. Uh, it could get kind of ugly in my opinion, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try to you know, stay away from the prediction business at this point. I just, I think the Saints are just a class above Carolina. You nailed, the, predi- you
1: nailed the game last week. You can't leave the prediction business, man. You're all in now. I, hey, man, we'll do our preview <laughs> this week with the Saints guests,
2: but I mean, this is a team that has its number. I mean, Jameis isn't, you know, he hasn't been bad against Carolina, especially when he was in Tampa. He's had a been fine with them. Mixed, but mixed obviously, bag,
1: I would say. He had a mixed bag there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, 2015
2: is a rookie. 2016, we swept them. So, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, we can't really, I guess, use that because Jamison, this offense is completely different than Jamison, a Dirk Cutter offense.
1: Oh, sure. No doubt. And even with Arians, the game in, in London where, you know, poor Jamison, yeah, he's trying to make plays, but, man, he was. <laughs> With six turnovers? I mean, that's going to happen with, with Winston. I think when you play for Sean Payton, and you mentioned him earlier, he doesn't make excuses. One thing Sean does a very good job of is, and he did this with Bridgewater much better than, than Carolina was able to, is just you stay the hell within structure and run the offense and operate, but we'll give you the opportunities with a great offensive line and some weapons to work with to give you the deep shots. And it it, it serves them well with his arm. Breeze was washed, man. I mean, that's the thing about this team. The, the, a lot of people were were sort of looking at where the Saints were. like, I don't know, man. You know, Taysom might beat out Jameis. I never believed that for a second. I don't know why they gave Taysom that much money. But, I mean, you know, they'll – <laughs> They'll play cap roulette. They'll figure it out. That's what they do every year. But uh, Jameis won that job, and, and you know, five touchdowns opening day is pretty exceptional. We'll have to see. Yeah, it's going to be a good matchup in, in a lot of areas. But uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 uh, you dream, you know, for fans out there, you dream. You see things once in a while where you say, you know what. Upsets happen. And if it's one of those games that Carolina, woo, all of a sudden, they were somehow, Jesus, really, they pulled that game off. Then you can start looking and saying, no, not playoffs, not going there yet. But to get a win, a statement win in the division early on at home, I mean I, – I doubt they're talking in the building kind of like we are. Like, oh, well, you know, look, I mean, we, we, we're going to keep it close. We're probably not going to win, but, you know, let's fight. They're trying to find every advantage they can. I just think I'm stacking the rosters up now. I, I do not think Carolina will have an easy time protecting Sam Darnold and running the football. Uh, Carolina's offensive line to me is just – it's not just one guy. It's going to take time to get the right type of people. Around. One
2: thing – one thing i will say is this is a marathon week 1 is not indicative of anything of how the season will go positively or negatively so let's just you know take it step by step you know the result was exactly what we wanted uh, obviously the performance could have been better but you know take the result and try to build it from there
1: You do. It's it's twofold. I'll I'll counter with this just real quick. It it is a marathon. You're exactly right. And it's a longer marathon this year with 17 games. When you're trying to build a culture in a program, just the buzzwords kill all that. When when you're trying to mark your territory, so to speak, a, a week two performance that is up to par with New Orleans, or even maybe sneaking out a win somehow, does mean something more than just the win column, even if it's week two. That's big. Carolina and New Orleans, we've got a big one coming up. Billy and I will preview that with uh, likely a special guest later this week. My good friend, thanks again. John Ellis here, signing off on Blue Wire, the Roar Podcast. Check us out anywhere podcasts are available, and we will see you coming up Friday for the big preview show.